0: Give you silver or gold, or that you would never feel the fire or shiver in the cold. But I did say you'd never. I'll dry every tear you cry. But you know I've made a promise that I've prepared a place. And someday, sooner than you think, you'll see me face to face. And you'll sing with the angels and the countless multitude. This is a promise. This is a promise. No
1: For our guest today, I am not Ron Cooper. <laughs> the rest of you be should be able to figure it out. Um, <clears throat> we have a little announcement. This is gonna be take three. Okay. On October 2nd at 6.30, Randy and Shelly Ackle cordially invite all couples and singles 18 years and older to a wonderful, festive time of praise and honoring our God First and Sylvie Adel on their 50th anniversary. <clears throat> I think we did it that time. Uh, we ask that you try and arrange babysitting. But if it doesn't work out that way, we'll provide some here at the church. But do your best to try and provide it. And I'm sure it will just be a wonderful time. And yes, it will be here. No mystery. And we will serve a wonderful dinner and a wonderful time of uh, glorifying God. And if I have anything to do with it, horribly embarrassing Sylvia (laughs) Nadel. And now, your featured speaker, Ron Cooper.
2: high-five him when we, yeah, one person thought that was funny, (laughs) but um, (laughs) let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do thank you so much that we are here today, because only by your glory that we've even been able to open our eyes this morning and step out of bed, so we, we praise you for that, and we just ask now that you would be glorified, that you would be honored by your word, your message, Lord, and that you would do uh, whatever it is your purpose is in each one of our hearts. So open the hearts and just provide whatever you know is necessary for each one of us to make whatever decision you want us to make today. We pray this in your name. Amen. Um, well, this is um, It's a very... I might be a little more excited about the subject than I should be, but I hope not because um, it's really, I want everybody to kind of take some time and think about God's will because that's what this message is about. Um, It's very important for us to understand God's will because there is no better will that we should be concerned with today and I was reading Spurgeon talked about he said a wise man said where the word of the king is there is power what power must there be where there is the word of the king of kings who rules over all the word of the king of kings and I want us to think about the words that come from the King of Kings. If we look at creation, we think about what God's power produced. And this is something that we should be awestruck by. As Mike was sharing today about the thunder, well look at the creation. Look at this grand scheme of things. Look at this planet. Look at when we look out in the horizon at a, a sunset or when we're at the beach, what do we see? It's awesome. And this was all created by God's word. Went out and created that. He says, light be and straight away light was. So I want us to really think about God's word today. The word of God. The message of God. God's will for you. God's will for me. Because there isn't anything more important than that. If you can tell me something that's more important than the Creator's will for your life today, right now, I'd like to hear it right this moment. Because I don't see anything that compares with God's will for each person in this room. What's God's will for you today? I want you today to be stimulated by this subject matter, stimulated by these words that I'm going to share. And I pray that in your heart, you continue to ask that question. What is God's will for my life today? What does God want me to do today? What does God feel about my decisions today? What's God's purpose for me today? It's not just accidental that we all just show up It doesn't just happen that way. There's a miraculous scheme of things that are involved with his creation in our lives. And the word of God, I I went into the scriptures and I actually counted the number of times where it said the exact words. The word of the Lord came. The word of the Lord came. It was stated 103 times In the Old Testament. this is one of the verses where it says, the word of the Lord came. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. And it said, I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. The word of the Lord came to this man and said, I'm going to provide food for you. Again, the word of the Lord came to Solomon. As for this temple you are building, if you follow my decrees, carry out my righteousness and my regulations and keep my commands and obey them, I will fulfill through you the promise I gave to David, your father. He says, the word of the Lord came to Solomon and said, this is what I want you to do. If you do this, I will do what I promised your father, Solomon, uh, David. Another verse in 1 Kings, it says, After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. He says, the word of the Lord came. Why? Because God is interested in revealing his will to us. And that is my message today. He's really, really interested in you and me knowing his will for you and me right now. He's interested, so interested, is that he says, The word of the Lord came. Now, listen to this. Thus saith the Lord. 413 times. Thus saith the Lord. What is that saying? It says, This is what I'm saying. I want you to get what I'm saying. I have a word for you, I'm saying something to you. I'm revealing my will to you. I want you to understand what I want you to do, what decision I want you to make, where I want you to go, what I want you to do in your life. So in Exodus, after Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, and they said to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness. Thus says the Lord. They went to pharaoh god said go to pharaoh and deliver this message let my people go it wasn't M- moses word it wasn't Aaron's word because it doesn't say thus said aaron thus says Mo- moses thus saith the lord the lord really is interested in us understanding and seeing what his word and his purpose and his will is for our life he's very interested in that and another verse in king says and went and he went forth to supply the springs and waters and cast the salt in there and said thus saith the lord i have healed these waters and there shall be there shall not be from thence any more death in barren land the lord wants us to know his will And I read a a statement that says, woe woe to the man who comes in any other name. Woe to me if I come in any other name up here. Or if an angel from heaven shall preach unto you anything but thus says the Lord. No matter what our character or standing, give no heed to us, but cleave unto the truth that is in Jesus. Thus saith the Lord is the only authority in God's church. Thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord has to say, not what I have to say, because you don't want to hear what I have to say, and I don't want to hear what I have to say. I want to speak God's word, God's will, God's purpose, God's plan. There is nothing better than that. So don't see me. Listen to what I say, and understand, I'm going to try to mention as many verses as possible, so it's not me that you're hearing. It's God's word, God's purpose, God's plan, God's will for you. Now, we're going to go to a story that's going to talk about God's will. And it's the story of Jonah. And a lot of people, when they go to, go to the book of Jonah, it's in the Old Testament, almost close, close to the New Testament, so you kind of have to just back back a few pages. But go to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. And the story of Jonah is not about a fish. We've heard it, we've listened to it, we've meditated on it, we've had fun with it, and some people have looked at the story of Jonah and said, how can that happen? I don't buy it. I don't believe in a fish eating a man and all, all that I don't buy. We're not talking about a fish today. I just want you to know the story of Jonah is not about a fish. The story of Jonah about God's will versus man's will. That's what the story is about. The first verse, read it. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God says, I have a word for you. And I, I'm really very blessed by that because as I walk my walk during the day, I know my God is interested in giving me his word and his will and his purpose in my life. I know he's interested in me making the right choices and doing the right things because it says right here, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He says, I have a job for you to do. And the word of the Lord comes to each one of us and he says, I have a job for you to do. I have a plan for you to do. I have purpose for you. I want you, if you're not saved today, the word of the Lord says, make a decision for me today come to Christ today. The word of the Lord says, I'm, I'm concerned about you. I don't wanna see you go to hell. The word of the Lord is interested in giving a message. And he had a word for Jonah. And what did he tell him? He says, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against us because its wickedness has come up against me. He said, go to these people because they're lost, they're hurting, they're in pain, and they have no God. Go to these people and deliver my message. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. And he said, Preach against it. Give a message. Tell them about my will. And I want you to ask a, I'm asking a question today about God's will. Are we listening or are we asleep? Are we listening to God's will right now? And one of the ways we can tell if we listen to God's word and God's will is if we understand the Bible. And I came up and read, quoted a couple of verses. God's will is delivered to us in a number of ways. One is through the Bible. God's word is delivered through the Bible. God's will is from the Bible. I want you to listen and read my word so I can tell you what my will is. For one verse in Proverbs says, "'Every word of God is flawless. "'He is a shield to those who take refuge in him.'" Every word is flawless. First of all, he says and makes a distinction that what's in this Bible is flawless. You wanna know my will? Go to my Bible, my word. It's flawless. Then in Luke, he says, he replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. In John, first John, he says, I write to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. So God's will is revealed to us by his word. Why? Because God is interested in every single person, and I'll reiterate it again, knowing what he wants for you to do today. He wants us to understand what his purpose is for us today. So he uses his word. What else does he use? Godly counsel. Oh, some of us really cringe about that. What do you mean godly counsel? I thought it was just his word. I don't want to listen to anybody else. I want to listen only to his word. Hebrews 13.7 says, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way in life and imitate their faith. Okay, you said that's not enough. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. Where do you get confusion in that? Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no advantage to you. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. And believe me, the leaders here understand that responsibility, that when they give counsel, they must give an account for that. If it's not right, if they're not right. So God's will is revealed through Counsel mentors. God's will is also revealed through his Holy Spirit. He says, But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Therefore, he who rejects this instruction does not reject man but God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Are we listening? today because as I mentioned God is interested in every person knowing his will and that's why he said to Jonah the word of the Lord came to Jonah it wasn't confusing he said this is my word to you I want you to go to Nineveh and preach what did Jonah say or what was his response verse 3 says but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port and after paying the fare he went aboard and sailed to Tarsus to flee from the Lord. How many people in here right now are asleep? Because it later says that he fell asleep. He was sleeping. Are you listening today to God's word, to God's will? to God's purpose, many Christians are sleeping today. Many Christians are just like Jonah. Many Christians today are not interested in understanding and seeing God's will, God's purpose, and God's plan for their life. They're interested in doing exactly what Jonah did, which is go and fall asleep and flee Why? That's the question. That's the question I want you to think about this morning. And one of the reasons is, is they won't submit to the authority of God. What's God's will for you today? Why are you here today? It says, did Jonah went... And he laid down and fell into a deep sleep. And then it says, the captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. I was reading about sleep. And sleepwalking is kind of a, an interesting thing. And there are people who actually sleepwalk. That means they walk in their sleep. That means they get up, and sleepwalking is usually defined by or involves a person affected apparently shifting from his or her prior sleeping position and moving around and performing normal actions as if awake, like cleaning, walking, and other activities. There are people who walk around sleep literally and do things. I read about people who actually go in and clean. Well, people who go around and actually do all kind of activities when they're asleep. Well, do you know that there's actually people that have committed murders in their sleep? And I read about It's a story about, or a court case regarding Regina versus Parks, and it says Kenneth Parks was a young Canadian man and there was a murder committed in 1987 of his mother-in-law after using the sleepwalking defense. On that night of the death, he rose from his bed, drove 14 miles to the house of his in-laws, whom he said to be very close. He strangled his father-in-law until he passed out, and then he beat his mother-in-law with a tire iron, I guess, and stabbed her. The woman died, the man barely survived, and Parks arrived at the police station. The police said he seemed confused, and they noticed something very odd. He had, I guess, cut himself. And he didn't even realize he was, in, he was bleeding. It said that the experts came to testify on his behalf. And they said that he obviously was sleepwalking during the attack. And so because he was not conscious, he wasn't responsible, and he was not guilty. We are responsible as Christians if we're sleepwalking. This man actually got away without paying a price for a crime that he committed but he was guilty. If we're sleepwalking today as Christians, there's a price we're gonna pay for walking around, and when I say sleepwalking, I mean walking around saying no thanks to God's will, God's counsel, God's word. I'm not gonna do what you want me to do, Lord Jesus. I'm in rebellion against your word, your will, your counsel. There's consequences for that. Now, when there are trials that come, God is interested in sending help. And that's what I like about this this passage, because it says that the Lord, first of all, sent a great wind on the sea. And I guarantee you, if anybody's in here is asleep, that God's going to send a great wind. And he's going to send a great wind. It doesn't say a small wind. It says the Lord sent a great wind and a violent storm so that the ship threatened to break up. Why? Because again, God's interested in us doing what? Doing his will, his purpose in our lives. And I could spend time talking about Jonah, but that's not the message of Jonah. It's not about Jonah and the fish. It's about God saying to a man, this is the purpose I have for you. This is the plan I have for you. Go to Nineveh and preach against these people because I want them to get saved. And I say, no, thank you. I'm, God is saying, I will send a storm to get your attention. And he sent a storm to get his attention. But he didn't just send a storm, he sent a man. He sent the captain. And the captain said to him, how can you sleep when all these lives are Possibly being lost. And he's just talking about on the ship. And I asked a question to everyone in here. How can we sleep with all the lives that are being affected by our sleeplessness or our sleep, sleeping or unconsciousness? How can we say no thanks even though God has said this is my will for you, this is my purpose for you, this is my plan for you? How can we say no thank you? Even though you want me to go to Nineveh, even though you want me to do this thing, even though you want me to apologize or to get back into service in whatever way or get my life right and repent, I say, no, thank you. And God sends people. Are we listening to the people God is sending? He sent this captain and told the captain, get his attention. You're not going in the right direction. Wake up. Christians, wake up today. God's will, God's purpose, God's plan is not an option. And we can't be sleeping. We can't be in rebellion. We can't be fighting against his will and his word and his purpose. Because if we do, he will send a storm guaranteed and the storm will build. And it got worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden... It said that it did say that the seas got rougher and rougher, and then God provided the great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days. And that's where a lot of people kind of get off on Jonah because he's in the belly of the fish for three days. But God said, I'm tired of you not listening. I'm raising the bar a little bit. I'm making a little bit more of an impact on you because I'm providing a larger trial, a bigger trial. And the trial is... He's in the body of a fish for three days. Why? Because God is interested in us obeying his word. God is interested in us obeying his will, and God is interested in us following his direction. And God is not interested in us being asleep. Asleep at the will. Can you imagine? You ever fallen asleep at the will? How that feels when you wake up, and you look around and wonder, My God, I could have been over the side of the road. I could have killed somebody or myself. Wake up, dear Christian, wake up. That's God's will. And how do you wake up? I think he gives us the greatest example. In chapter 2 of Jonah, it says Jonah prayed from inside the fish. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. And that's all we have to do because God's will, God's purpose, God's plan is for us to live a life that glorifies him and to be true Christians and not to be asleep. Sleep at the will. He says, wake up. So he tried the storm. The storm didn't work. He sent a man. The man didn't work. He sent a fish and that really didn't work. And he had to stay there three days. And all of a sudden, Jonah got the message. Jonah said, okay, I can't fight against God anymore. And what did he do? From inside the fish, he prayed to his Lord in my distress. I called to God, and he answered me. He always answers. That's what's mind-boggling about this. No matter where we are, no matter what we've done, no matter how far we've gone down, no matter who we've basically just hurt, God says, if you call, you repent, I will answer you. And he says that to even unbelievers today. No matter where you are, all you have to do is call. He says, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. So what is it time to do? It's time to get up and pray. Proverbs says, how long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? When will you get up and say, okay, this pride is killing me. I've said no thanks. I've said I'm not interested in your will. It's all been about my will, my purpose, my plan. And I have to say, Lord, please forgive me. Help me to get up. In Matthew, it says that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, Get up. Take your mat and go home. The dead man, he told him to get up. I was reading something and I shared it with my kids. It was a, a verse that I hadn't really focused on, but it was talking about a prophetess, Anna. A daughter of, and I guess she was very old and she lived in her, with her husband seven years after their marriage and it says then was a widow until she was 84 and it says she never left the temple but worshipped night and day fasting and praying she said I'm not going to leave my God she fasted and prayed and she gave thanks to God And it says that when Jesus was with the disciples at Gethsemane, it says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell on his face and to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. We're prone to sleep. We're prone to say no thanks. We're prone to be wearied by our circumstances and wearied by our flesh and wearied by this world where we go to sleep. And he told him, watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We're weak. And we're asleep, some of us. And it's time to wake up. Because, again, I didn't send the wind. I didn't send the rain. No man sent the rain. No man sent the wind. No man sent the storm. No man sent the man to come and ask him to get up. It was God. The word of the Lord came and God was being glorified through a man. And then God sent a fish. Does God need to send a fish to somebody in this room tonight? Today? Does God need to send a circumstance that's just so deafening that can you imagine he's in a fish, dark, dead? Basically, he feels dead. Some people say he even died. I would want to die if I was in that fish. But it achieved God's purpose because God's plan, God's purpose, and God's will is that we repent when we fall away from Him, when we go to sleep. He says, wake up. Wake up, dear Christian warrior. Wake up. I need you. I need you to go to Nineveh. I need you to preach the gospel. I need you to show Christ. I need you to live a life that truly glorifies me. I need to affect people's lives. I need to have people make a decision because of your testimony. People who are watching you, wake up. People who are listening to you, wake up. People who are observing every little thing you're doing, wake up. Stop it. Repent. Get on your knees and say, Lord, help me. And he brings us right back. And there's so many verses, and we don't have the time to quote them, but I'll just quote a couple. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. And if you want to go to it, it's Jeremiah 15, 19. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. This is my will. This is my word. This is my purpose. This is my intent. This is what I want from you. This is what I want you to do. And this is what the word of God does. And this is what the purpose of the word of God is. And this is what our God's intention is. And it's beautiful because God is looking out there and he sees every single person in this room. And every single person in this room is important to God. And whatever decision you need to make where you need to get into his will, whatever decision that is, either to get saved or to repent and start serving him again, he's saying that to you clearly. Therefore, the Lord says, not wrong, I am not interpreting it. The Lord says, if you repent, if you wake up, if you say no thank you to my life, the way I'm living it, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. I want you to speak for me. Then he says, repent in Acts 319, then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out so that the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Wake up. And what happened with Jonah? Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Why? Because he woke up. The Lord says, I'm not interested in your baggage. I'll handle that. I'm interested in you repenting and saying no thanks. I'm interested in you being humble and saying, No, I want to serve you no matter what my state. I'm interested in you and saying, Lord, please forgive me. I'm interested in you falling on your face and saying, I don't want to sleep anymore. It's not about me. I want to serve you again, Lord Jesus. I want to choose to have you choose for me. I want to live a life that glorifies you. Jonah was not about a fish. It was about a man's will and God's will clashing. And God pressed him and pressed him and pressed him and the man fell and the man responded and it says the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. He says, I give you a second chance. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim the message I give to you and Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. How many people in here want to obey the word of the Lord today? Isn't it great? I tell you, Throughout the day, I am blown away with how many opportunities God is just talking to me throughout the day. And I talk to him and I say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, make it clear. I don't wanna open one door, say one word, think one thought that doesn't please you. I wanna do everything because I wanna be in your will. I wanna be found pleasing in your sight. And if I get out of step, and you have to send a big fish, send him. But may it never be that we have to have God go to those extremes. That's huge. That means something that's, you don't want to experience the fish. We talk about a fish and we think, well, it's a fish. Well, no, it's not a fish. It's a circumstance that's so devastating, so out of whack that we actually want to die. That's how bad it is. And God says, I don't want to have to do that But I will, if I have to, to get you to get back in step, get back in line, get back in purpose, get back in my will. I will do that. Why? Because God's mercy is great. And they said that Elijah, when he fled from his post of duty, because he was terrified by Jezebel, says the angel was sent from heaven to prepare for him a fire and a breakfast. What kind of God is that that sends a breakfast when I'm out of his will? That's the God of mercy. And his mercy is all in this room. And his mercy, he wants to give and provide his mercy for every person in this room. For those who don't know him, his mercy has been extended to you another day to say, come to me and accept me as Lord and Savior. His mercy is why you walked to these doors today to hear about God's word, God's will, God's purpose for you is that you get saved. And he gave you mercy, he says, let him come in today because I'm gonna give him another chance. And the sleepers, God's mercy, you're not in the belly of a fish yet, because I have, I could tell you something. If you were in the belly of a fish, you wouldn't be in this room today. You'd be so overwhelmed by circumstances that you wouldn't even wanna get up. Don't let God do that because he will. Don't test him and say, I am actually gonna just keep going because the storm is heavy, the wind's blowing, I'm a little uncomfortable, There's there's a captain saying, wake up, but that's not that big of a deal. I can handle that. I can say, no thanks, get away, leave me alone. He says, if you do that, I got another storm, and it's bigger, and if you don't respond, I just keep raising the fire, and not to harm you, to bring you to make a decision for me. I was reading about how merciful God is. And Spurgeon was saying there was a trademan who once said to a customer, or had a customer, who he felt a little grateful with this gentleman. He says that you come to me and I know why. You have been to every other shop in town for the article you require and you couldn't find it. And now you come back to me. This was the first place you came and now you shopped everywhere and you tried everything. And now you come back here because the deal here is better than all the other deals you found. And the merchant says, go away. I won't sell you this item because you should have bought it when you first came. And Spurgeon said, that's not our God. That's what he, he does not do that to us. We can shop all around. and A lot of us have shopped all around and look at the merchandise of this world and shopped around and played and, and had all this fun with the world. If we come back, he will not say, you should have came before. He will open his arms and say, come home, my son, my daughter, welcome. He doesn't remember it anymore. He wipes the slate clean. What a God, I'm glad our God is not a man because none of us would have any mercy today. And Martin Luther said, I covenant with my Lord that he should not send me visions or dreams or even angels. I am content with this one gift of scriptures, which abundantly teaches and supplies all that is necessary, both for this life and what is to come. O Lord, only feed me your word and I will not envy kings or their delicacies, not even angels around thy throne, the bread of heaven is what I want and that's what I'll fight for. He says, I don't want anything better, nothing except your word. And what is he saying? All he's saying is your will because there isn't anything better than God's will. Living in God's will, choosing God's will, meditating on God's will, wanting God's will. And God's will for you today, non-believer, is that you get saved. And for a believer who's asleep, is you'll wake up. Now the question is, and I started with this and I apologize, we're a couple minutes, I apologize, please forgive me, that we're a couple minutes late, please forgive me. But God's will is more important than any will on earth. And the question you have to decide today is are you gonna choose your will or are you gonna choose God's will? If you're gonna choose God's will, then praise God, you will live a life that will truly glorify him and you will be a happy man or happy woman if you want to choose your life, your will, I guarantee you there's a big fish coming. And you're not going to be happy. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your word. I pray that you were glorified with your word. There is no better word. There is no better life. There is no better purpose than you and what you provide in the word of God. So I pray that First of all, then, if there's anyone here who's Christians who are sleeping, that you'd wake them up, that they'd repent, that they'd fall flat on their face before you, and you'd welcome them with open arms. And anybody here who's young or old or in between, who doesn't know you, by the grace of God, you provide another opportunity for them to walk through these doors. I pray that they today make a decision, and they say to someone in this congregation, please take me to the person, Adol. Sylvia, I want to get saved today. I want to wake up from this life that I've been living, and I want to choose Christ. Lord Jesus, we give you this day, and we praise your name. Amen.